You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Hello, welcome back to the Alter Echo Sermon Podcast of St. John's Lutheran Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. It is a sunny April day today, just before uh, we dive back into some proper Easter weather. Um, But this comes to you as your scripture and your message for the first Sunday after Easter, the first Sunday into the season of Easter in the church year. So uh, we get to hear some post-resurrection stories of Jesus in this season, and this is the first Sunday into that time for us. So the story we hear today, and I hope it comes to you well, is from the book of John, chapter 20, starting with verse 19. So if you have a Bible handy, you can go ahead and open that up. Feel free to even pause the podcast for a second and go get a Bible and grab and read along with me, if you will. So, the Holy Gospel, according to John, chapter 20. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening, on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, Jesus showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When Jesus had said this, he breathed on the disciples and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not there with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my mark my finger in the mark of the nails in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, and Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered Jesus, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you seen because you have believed me? Blessed are those who have not yet seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God and that through believing, you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, like I said uh, before I read the, the story, this is the first Sunday in the Easter season. 
Now, Easter Sunday, of course, gets a good um, a good rap and a lot of uh, celebration in the life of the church. Um, and yet it's not the end of Easter by any means. We have 40 days in the season of Easter, just as we had 40 days in the season of Lent, preparing us for Easter. Uh, and so we have this really intentional time set apart now, um, post-Easter Sunday, to really keep getting into this theme of resurrection uh, and all of its many facets in our experience and in our life, um, because we know resurrection can look a lot of different ways, especially if we remember Pastor Andy's um, Farmer Jesus sermon with the seeds of resurrection in all of their, their different forms. Because as people of faith, we see that resurrection happens in this life and in the next again and again and again. And resurrection tends to surprise or sometimes shock us. So to really kind of get into this resurrection encounter with Jesus and the disciples, especially Thomas today, let's go back to the first Easter for just a minute to really understand what's going on here. So three, so the disciples watched Jesus die and three days later, the stone was rolled away. All this we know. But where today's story picks up is that on that same day, on the same day that the stone was rolled away and the angel was found to be sitting in the tomb and Jesus was not there, he is risen, and there was a great earthquake with the angel and his proclamation, on that same day, Jesus appeared in this house to his disciples for the very first time since his death. I only can imagine they are, their hearts are, are filled with all of the emotional landscape that has happened in this time. They are a bit overwhelmed from watching their teacher, their friend, their Lord die and hearing the good news that he was not in the tomb, but was risen. And now they get to see him for the very first time. And Jesus speaks these iconic words that we speak to each other weekly in worship. Peace be with you. And he says it not once, not twice, but three times to his disciples. Peace be with you. It's like they need to hear it more than once. It's like we need to hear it more than once. And Jesus, to help them see that it really is him and that he really is risen and not a ghost or in some other form, invites them to see the wounds that his body bears from the trauma that it has endured. Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side where the nails hung him to the cross, where a spear poked him in the side to let blood drain out of his dying body. See my wounds, see my body, touch and see that it is truly me, Jesus says to his disciples. Do not doubt, but believe. A couple of years ago, there was, um, there was a situation in my former 
the community where my former congregation was. Um, that happened on a Wednesday. I remember because of uh, we had regular Wednesday programming with first communion class and community meal and confirmation happening. Um, we had heard sirens earlier in the day uh, and hadn't heard what the sirens were for um, or where they ended up responding to a need. And as more people started coming to church for Wednesday night programming, um, we started to piece together the story and what had happened. There was a little boy actually in the congregation named Logan who had been at his in-home daycare where he had been well cared for plenty of days before this. Uh, the in-home daycare was spending some time out on the, the playground equipment in the backyard on a nice, bright April afternoon. And the daycare provider was playing with the children, enjoying the children, and um, probably took her eyes off of Logan for a half of a second. And Logan went missing, and he was nowhere to be found. Well, Logan had wandered down to, um, to the pond that was adjacent to the daycare provider's house. Uh, one of those ponds that's sort of in the middle of a housing development. Not a big pond by any means, but a pond nonetheless. Deep enough. Uh, without having anyone's eyes on him, Logan wandered down to the pond at probably age two. Maybe not quite two. And he wandered right in. Um, it took the daycare provider very little time to, to know that Logan was missing and to start calling for help. Uh, neighbors rushed to the rescue and, um, neighborhood parents wandered into the pond and quickly were able to retrieve Logan from the pond. Being a community pretty close to, um, the Mayo Clinic, most people in that neighborhood had some sort of medical training and one of the moms in the neighborhood uh, was quickly able to start CPR on Logan, on his little tiny body. Um, and these parents, of course, were alerted and rushed to the daycare provider's house and they watched all of this unfold before their eyes. Logan was, of course, um, taken, to, taken to the Mayo Clinic, and he received wonderful care. Wonderful care. Um, they watched their son die that day. And because of the quick response of the daycare provider and the neighbors and everybody who showed up to help, Logan was able to get some really, really good care and really quick care. And even though um, the, the paramedics had pronounced that his heart had stopped, uh, because of the care that Logan got, um, he lived. And he probably, by all intents and purposes, should have not survived this tragic accident. But through a long stay in the pediatric ICU um, down at Mayo, he physically came back to life, even when it seemed 
absurd <laughs> and downright impassable. And I remember one of my visits with Logan and his parents uh, in that ICU room. Uh, my first visit actually with them in person after this happened. We were talking and they were recounting their whole experience of it to me, as I'm sure they had done plenty of times to other people. And at one point, Logan's mom stopped and she said, well, would you like to see his chest? <laughs> and uh, prior to that, he had been covered up by, you know, blankets and um, other things that were kind of keeping him warm as he was on ECMO receiving care. And I always try to say yes when people ask things like that. So I said, sure. And when she pulled back his blanket to see that little boy's chest cracked open um, so that the ECMO machine could heal him, it reminded me so much of Jesus and his words. Put your hand in my side. Put your fingers here on these wounds in my hands. That with his wound open, <laughs> with his chest cracked wide so that he could receive the healing that he needed, there was a profound sense of peace in that moment. Even when everything seemed ridiculous, impossible, peace was there in that room, filling and surrounding and enlivening this little boy who had drowned just days before. Jesus shows up for us and speaks these words, peace be with you. Because we have seen in this time with little Logan and with Jesus and times like this, that resurrection doesn't always look all healed and nice and clean and put together. We have seen that resurrection more often feels very fragile. That resurrection looks like open wounds with healing on the way. And so I think Jesus shows up in this resurrection story and speaks these impossible words, peace be with you because we need the assurance that this is actually resurrection and not false hope. So even for we who believe in and hope in resurrection, it can be really hard to believe it when we see it. Could little Logan have actually survived drowning? Could Jesus have truly come back to life after dying on the cross? Thomas shows us today in this resurrection story what it looks like to live into those moments of awe, even days or weeks of awe, following real, difficult resurrection. Now, Thomas always gets called Doubting Thomas, right? But did you notice that doubt is not one of the words ascribed to Thomas in this actual story? Thomas is actually called a twin, not a doubter. So maybe we have an opportunity as we think about stories like Logan and Jesus to reframe 
what Thomas has for us and how Jesus teaches us through Thomas today. Because when I think about the word doubt, it sounds shameful. Doubt sounds like failure, like Thomas just hasn't believed properly enough or he hasn't ascribed to the right scriptural understanding. Doubt sounds like a moral neglect in some way. It sounds like unbelief. But what if doubting, when Jesus says, do not doubt but believe, is more uh, along the lines of disbelief than unbelief? More like incredulity, being awestruck. Thomas, I see, is not in disagreement that Jesus was there. Thomas was overwhelmed, in shock, maybe not yet making full meaning out of this news because it's just too fresh, too new, too great to possibly comprehend that this wonderful thing could possibly be real and true and good. Maybe we get Thomas a little bit better when we hear that he about his disbelief rather than something else. So maybe when Jesus shows up with those first awestruck, shell-shocked disciples, overwhelmed with grief, and Jesus says to them, peace be with you, what Jesus is enacting is a peace that is far more significant than moments of contentment or bliss, as though all is well and all is right with the world and as it should be. It's not what Jesus is bringing us. The peace that Jesus speaks into being is a word to help convince us that yes, in fact, this is true. That yes, in fact, Jesus is actually risen and you can trust it. And all of the reasons running through your head why this cannot be possible are just your fear. And fear is what cannot be trusted. When Jesus says, peace be with you, he offers us a word of peace to assure our confused, rapidly beating hearts that this is not in fact a trick. So Jesus comes and shows us his open wounds and says, peace to our troubled hearts, peace to our grief, peace to our fear, peace to our disbelief, peace to our skepticism. Jesus says peace to us and shows up as peace for us when resurrection feels too precarious and too much like death. This is what Easter looks like in our real lives. Jesus in body showing up, wounds and all, to bring us face to face with resurrection and all of its beautiful impossibilities. Jesus showing up and showing us a life of peace. Jesus speaking to us a promise of peace, giving to us a peace that passes all understanding when our intellectual and mental and spiritual understanding is shaken up and unsure and filled with questions and wondering how this can possibly be true and still 
can't shake the feeling of what it was like to see death in the face. Jesus is our peace when we remain agitated by death. Jesus is our peace when grief has fogged our eyesight. Jesus is our peace when everything is absolutely not okay yet. And yet God still has life in store just ahead for us, perhaps even nearer than we think. Whenever death has struck, the risen Jesus shows up for us and repeats to us the enduring promise, peace be with you. Dear friends in Christ, may God's peace surround you and fill you. May it come to your door when death has knocked. May it show up and calm your shaking hand. May the peace of Jesus dwell with us, even when inside we feel anything but peace. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.